Weather warning is now in force. RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Bill Robertson. The top stories, US President Donald Trump says trade talks are back on track after a meeting with Xi Jinping. Former members of the police watchdog say an inquiry into the policing of anti-extradition protests will help rebuild trust in the force. And the Privacy Commissioner says that more than 200 police officers have complained about cyberbullying attacks. US President Donald Trump says trade talks with Beijing are back on track after what he called an excellent meeting with President Xi Jinping on the sidelines of the G20 summit in the Japanese city of Osaka. Earlier, Mr Xi made a call for cooperation and understanding between the world's two biggest economies. China and United States both benefit from cooperation and lose in a confrontation. Cooperation and dialogue are better than friction and confrontation. Recently, Mr. President, you and I have stayed in close communication through phone calls and exchange of letters. Today, I'm prepared to exchange views with you on the fundamental issues concerning the growth of China-U.S. relations. Ahead of his meeting with Mr. Xi, President Trump issued an impromptu invitation via Twitter to the North Korean leader Kim Jong-un to meet him tomorrow. He'd previously publicly ruled out such a meeting, although he's going to South Korea after the G20 summit in Japan. In an early morning tweet, Mr. Trump said that if Mr. Kim saw his message, he would meet him at the border between North and South Korea just to shake his hand and say hello. I just put out a, uh, a feeler because I, I don't know where he is right now. He may not be in North Korea, but I said if, Cam- if Chairman... Kim would want to meet. I'll be at the border. It's certainly, uh, we seem to get along very well. I can tell you, we seem to get along. That's a good thing, not a bad thing. You know, for the stupid people that say, oh, he gets along. No, it's good to get along. It's good to get along. Because frankly, if I didn't become president, you'd be right now in a war with North Korea. You'd be having a war right now with North Korea. Two former members of the Independent Police Complaints Council say an independent inquiry into the the policing of anti-extradition protests on June the 12th can help rebuild trust between the force and the public. Eric Jung, a University of Hong Kong legal scholar, says the police complaints mechanism is unfair because it can only look at the actions of particular officers rather than the force as a whole and also can't examine other activity, including the actions of protesters. Another former IPCC member, lawmaker Kenneth Leung, agrees that an inquiry can help. We have to look at the strategy, the training, and how they tackle the protesters during the whole series of incidents. There may be instances which the police has done good, and there may be instances that the police may have done wrong. So if you want to have a more comprehensive picture of what is going on, and to increase the confidence of the people in such a report, an independent inquiry committee is necessary. Police groups oppose an independent probe, saying that it's unfair to target the police over a political issue. The Privacy Commissioner, Stephen Wong, says he has received around 200 complaints of online bullying of police officers, including so-called doxing attacks in which personal information is released online. Police groups say information on over a 1,000 officers have been disclosed online, with some officers and their families being harassed. Mr Wong says his office is investigating and has urged website operators to take down such content, which is illegal. Doxing is currently being regulated under the ordinance by virtue of the data protection principle number one, uh, that is collection of personal data, and uh, uh, principle number three, uh, that is the use and disclosure of personal data. When an organization or a person is using another person's personal data, the objective or the purpose must be 
directly relevant to the original purpose for which the data is collected. The privacy watchdog has also received 36, 36 complaints about disclosure of patient information by hospitals after police arrested a number of injured people following protests on June 12th. Mr Wong said hospitals shouldn't disclose uh, patients' information lightly and the police shouldn't seek such data without good reason. He urged organisations such as the hospital authority to review their information sharing guidelines so frontline workers know how to handle these situations. It involves the responsibilities, the duties, uh, whether legal or otherwise, in relation to data governance, particularly in respect of sensitive data like patients' data, medical data, training or having reference you know, to uh, similar examples or guidelines you know, elsewhere you know, in other jurisdictions. If necessary, you know, uh, we could sit down together and offer some of our observations and views. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past one. Anti-extradition protesters and police confronted each other overnight after protesters briefly occupied a strip of waterfront land in Central ahead of its transfer to the PLA. Police with riot shields moved in just before midnight when the plot became military land. The protesters dispersed about an hour later, cheering as they went. Robert Kemp has more. There were scuffles and protesters who chanted get off our waterfront, put up umbrellas to defend themselves. Ahead of the transfer, protesters had cut fences and broken into the area. The plot of land stands in front of PLA headquarters and it is to be used for a dock. The final obstacle to the transfer was cleared on Thursday after LegCo President Andrew Leung adjourned LegCo proceedings. As the transfer fell under so-called negative vetting rules, it meant the legislation was passed by default if no objections were raised. The protesters had earlier taken part in a rally outside LegCo. They were calling for international support on the extradition bill and universal suffrage. Organisers hope world leaders will pressure President Xi Jinping at the G20 summit in Osaka, which began yesterday. Senior police officers say they will be ready for a day of protest marking the anniversary of the handover on Monday. Besides the annual July 1st march in the afternoon, anti-extradition campaigners have put out a call online for people to attempt to block the morning flag-raising ceremony at Golden Bohemia Square in Wan Chai. Superintendent John Tse from the Media Liaison and Communication Division says police assessments point to a possible risk to public safety and order on the day. He says more details of the police plans will be announced later. Health authorities have stepped up mosquito control work at the Chengma estate in Fanling after a 63-year-old resident was infected with Japanese encephalitis. The woman is the first person to contract the disease locally since 2017, when five people were infected. She started feeling unwell last week and said she had not travelled outside the SAR or visited any farms recently. The pop superstar Lady Gaga has praised the achievements of the gay rights movement at a commemoration of the 50th anniversary of the Stonewall riots in New York. In June 1969, in a defining moment for the struggle for LGBT rights, patrons of a gay bar, the Stonewall Inn, rose up against police harassment. BBC's Ben Hunt is in New York. New York is preparing for between four and six million people to be out on the streets celebrating this Pride weekend. Also, it is worth noting that, as I said, it is an incredible weekend for equality. People have flown in from around the world for this. And it's very interesting that many LGBT people now are growing up into a more tolerant society where they don't really need spaces like this where they have to hide away. 
To sport now and in the Women's World Cup, holders, uh, the USA, have knocked out the hosts, France, uh, out of the tournament at the quarterfinal stage. Megan Rapinoe scored in both halves for the US, but Wendy Renard pulled a goal back 10 minutes from time to set up a period of intense pressure for, the, for a leveller. The American defence held firm, but goal-scoring hero Rapinoe admitted the ending was tense. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I wish I, are you sure it's not offside? I wish I didn't score that goal. Um, definitely, I think 2-1's like, you know, one of the worst positions to be in. Obviously, the crowds, you know, I think our fans were amazing tonight. Uh, they tried, but they, they did not outnumber uh, the French fans. So, yeah, very stressed in that moment. But um, I think collectively, we're all um, in it together. The U.S. now play England in the semi-finals on Tuesday. Tonight, the Netherlands take on Italy and Germany face Sweden in the remaining quarter-finals. In the Copa America, Argentina have beaten Venezuela 2-0, setting up a semi-final against their biggest South American rivals, hosts Brazil. And in the Cricket World Cup, South Africa secured only their second win of the tournament, beating Sri Lanka by nine wickets at Chesterley Street. The BBC's Scott Lee was there. An emphatic nine-wicket victory for South Africa secures them just a second win of the Cricket World Cup and allows England to breathe a sigh of relief just for now. Sri Lanka would have drawn level on points with England with a victory, but it was never on the cards as they were bowled out for just 203. An unbeaten 175-run partnership between Faf Duplessis and Hashim Amla with Duplessis 96 not out, securing a comfortable victory. In today's games, Pakistan take on Afghanistan and New Zealand face Australia. And to end the news, the top stories once again. US President Donald Trump says trade talks are back on track after a meeting with Xi Jinping. Former members of the police watchdog say an inquiry into the policing of anti-extradition protests will help rebuild trust in the force. And the Privacy Commissioner says more than 200 police officers have complained about cyberbullying attacks. The news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3. And welcome to this week's edition of World Vibes with myself, Pierre Tremblay, in the chair till 3 p.m. This week we have a new sampling of hot new tracks from a lot of places on the planet. From Africa to the Americas, North and South and the Caribbean, Europe to the Indian Ocean, East Asia and more. As always, Giovanetti says it so well. In Italian, we're still the belly button of the world. And he is from Rome. Uh, we start off with our first uh, track, which is a transatlantic cooperation between a Hispanicized Frenchman and a very interesting Cuban vocalist, El Gato Negro, stage name for Axel Matro, translates from the Spanish, The Black Cat, El Gato Negro. Axel Matro has been traveling in Latin America for the past 15 years, up, down, south, central, everywhere, and uh, he's come up to his latest album, Ouvre la Porte, Open the Door, recorded between Toulouse in the southwest of France, where he's from, Bogota, capital of Colombia, Ouagadougou in uh, Western Africa, and other places. His singer, Irina Gonzalez, is a singer-composer, multi-instrumentalist from Santa Clara in the center of Cuba. 
and their backing band are very interesting indeed. On guitars, Etienne Choque. A chorus comes from Venezuela in South America. Drummer is Cyril Atef, quite a noted musician in his own guise. 